everybody, welcome back to TRB, the Resistance Broadcast, through the official Star Wars podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. Fitting. Um, I'm John, thanks for joining us today. Uh, it's our discussion episode, and what we've been doing sort of quarterly, every few months is, or seasonally I should say, the state of Star Wars. So we're going to do our, since summer's right around the corner, uh, we're going to do our summer edition of the state of Star Wars, kind of where we just have an open chat. We didn't pre-plan anything. We're just going to see what we think about what's going on with the franchise right now, especially now that it's sort of like this lull and we're not really sure what's going to happen next as the Bad Batch is turning on, carrying the torch for Star Wars content right now. The only Star Wars content right now in terms of animated or live action as everything else is being filmed but we're gonna have a, a nice chat about that usually you seem to enjoy when we do these so we'll see what happens we really have no idea what we're gonna talk about but we're gonna give our takes on the state of star wars as of june 2021 so thanks for joining us lacy and james are with me as always lacy i see you are rocking our mando fan show season two shirt i am which, uh i i miss I miss the Mandalorian. I was about to say I, that. I miss doing the Mando fan show. I really enjoy it. I know it's exhausting for us because it's just like such a crazy schedule with the reactions and then the show and then we're doing normal yeah. shows and yeah. it's just there's something so fun about a crazy time like that that you're like you think it's crazy before and then you're in it and you're like this is insane. Oh my gosh. And then when it's over you're like oh I kind of miss it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah it was really cool last year doing it because it was you know very height of and the live shows. time. And no one could go anywhere. So we were doing the live shows. Mm-hmm. We were home, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I miss the Mandalorian in general. I miss doing the Mando fan show. Um, and maybe, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that later and what we think is going to be going on with the Mandalorian. Because that's one of the things people have a lot of questions about. Did they secretly film it yet? Are they filming it now? A lot of fake rumors and stuff. So it's very interesting. But um, James, how are you doing over there, buddy? What, uh, what do you got going on? What's going on with you? Um. Well, I, you know, it's funny that you you bring that up too because I was just talking with someone about how I I don't understand why the why they still do the three a.m. thing, like they drop it at midnight or whatever. Like if you can turn on the switch, I don't understand why they don't do like ten our time, seven p.m. and ten, you know, or something like that. Because I like in that prime time Friday night slot, you you would get you would probably see like double social media interaction because everybody would be like, Oh, I, I'm not going to live tweet it at 3 AM or whatever. And then I'm not going to tweet it. I'm not going to live tweet it at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like, you mm-hmm. know, who's, who's with me. But if it dropped like at 7 PM, I feel like it would just like, like everybody would, right, would right. be getting all the reactions at the time. Tons of people would yeah. be doing like live streaming and, and all sorts of stuff. And, I feel like it would just be so crazy, but but uh, I don't know. They three a.m. you know or midnight, and I seem it to think started, that's the best. Yeah, it started with Netflix and Stranger Things. The three a.m. thing was like mm-hmm. the big, well, also, the first big one. That yeah, it's curious. This and maybe we could. This will be part of our discussion later. But like the the binge model versus the weekly release, and you right, know, I, right. I, I prefer yeah. the weekly release. So. You, yeah, you say it started with Netflix, but I I thought Disney Plus was better 
like in the, the sense that they thing. they saw that stuff and they were like that's the wrong way to do it and we're gonna do it the right way but yet for some reason they still, still doing the do the wrong thing. way with the time I'm because like, i remember stranger things season three came out over fourth of july weekend mm-hmm. a couple of years ago and it was the 3 a.m drop and that's even worse because that was the binge one where you were like well you're gonna get spoiled if you don't watch all of this in one sitting stranger things has been going on for so long and it's been gone for so long that like james pointed out recently do you care really bobby brown's too old to play a young well that's why that's one of the reasons they had to push back basically the halloween episode in the timeline because the kids were getting yeah. too old too fast and the directors were like yeah. we can't keep up with their age spurts. yeah like the cute the cute main character kid is all like awkward and gawky and like six seven now <laughs> it's, <laughs> funny. it's funny too because like the, it's not strange anymore it's just normal things now like we're just so <laughs> used to it yeah. They're gonna have to, the show's gonna have to take place in 1998 now yeah. that's how long it's been but um, no, we thanks for joining us. Though we're gonna have fun uh, a bit later. We have Will Will the Force coming up in a minute with James. But uh, real quick, if you are uh, watching us on YouTube, hello, how are you? You and you and you. Not so much you, but you back there. Um, like the video. Like the video. A lot of people watch, so we appreciate that. But if you don't mind hitting pause, or if you're a multitasker, seeing that thumbs up and going Bing. And uh, changing that to blue, I think it turns when you hit it. Yep. But either way, give us a like in the video. It really helps us out a lot. We're trying to get uh, more focus over here. Uh, I'm trying to catch up our video audience to our audio audience. So mm-hmm. thanks for that. And subscribe to the channel, of course, too, because we have a lot of cool videos. Lacey puts out her um, Lacey's Outpost unboxing videos. James does the book reviews and also the Bad Batch reaction show. Uh, if there's ever... A lot of Star Wars news. I'll get back into the rumor and theory review, but we also do a lot of other cool stuff on the channel from Star Wars news and, and TRB. So, um, but yeah, you guys ready to get this thing going? Yep. Yep. All right. So, James, will the Force? Let's do this. I fear nothing for all this, as the Force wills it. Guys, before we get to it, really quick, if you like what we do here on TRB, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. We just made some exciting new updates to the page benefits, so now might be a good time to check it out and sign up. Just head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Take a look at the tiers, pick which one maybe works best for you, and support the show because we really appreciate all the support that we get because uh, it keeps the show going and allows us to plan for the future and everything else. So, oh, yeah. guys, if you are a $5 patron, that's our second tier, or up, you can start submitting questions to the topics found um, in this feature of the show will of the force let's get to it right now this first one is coming from a resistance officer patreon submission major major carol cantwell carol wanted to know will bad batch incorporate characters from solo uh providing us with a pseudo prequel kind of to solo a little bit earlier those characters uh because we need more vows what carol said um lacy i'm gonna start with you on this one what do you think about um solo characters showing up in bad batch i'm gonna be weird and reverse uno you like play the reverse card and go back to you that's fairly oh for me yeah to me personally oh um because you've been doing the reaction show, so I'm curious what you say. I think I think it could be cool, but I think we're too early for most of these characters. Maybe not. Because I, I would think like if you're looking at Beckett, I guess maybe not. How old's Beckett in solo? <laughs> you wanna say he's like fifty? I would say fifty. Yeah, so maybe not. 
So I'd, I, per, then I'd like to see Beckett. I was just thinking some of these characters seem to, they seem 20s and 30s and stuff, so they'd be like 10 or something. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think they were in it mm. quite yet. But no, thinking about Beckett, yeah, but I, I, I'm going to say I hope we get Beckett. That would be cool. I'd like to see that connection right there. Um, so then who does, now that you've reversed it, I guess it goes to John, if we're playing Uno yeah. rules here. Reverse, reverse. <laughs> Did you say you hope we get Beckett? Yeah. I I would love that only if Woody Harrelson voiced it. I feel like he has <laughs> that, like, mm. you can't fake, like, I know they do other people voicing our fame, like Harrison Ford is, and Han Solo and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And But something about Beckett just having, being appearing once and he wasn't like prequelized with another actor or anything. It was just him. Uh, Woody Harrelson, like that voice, you got to get him back to do that. But um, and he'd be able to do it uh, from home with in, in like shorts and flip flops with, uh, with a mic. So why not? Yeah. But I think so. And I lean that way, not so much because of what we talked about with like Kira showing up in the comics, but they did animate and show Dryden Voss in the Clone Wars. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's possible that they do that just not necessarily for the sake of we're going to dedicate an episode to Val and Beckett and it's going to be an offshoot episode. Um, I, but it's possible that characters, the Bad Batch can run into these folks. You know, we see that happen in Star Wars a bunch. So I'm going to lean towards we will see characters from Solo pop up, but I, I'm not sitting here saying it's going to be a big thing that's going to fulfill your wishes for more uh, Thandaway Newton or, um, you know, Woody Harrelson or uh, whoever else from Solo you feel like didn't get um, a big enough role. Um, so I, I say yes, but probably not the way you were hoping, Carol. But great mm-hmm. question. Loved it. Lacey, then what do you think? Oh, I hate to be this person. I'm going to say no, they won't. We will not see them. Um, I hope we do. And this is my own personal want to see it. But I just don't think they will. I think they're gonna. They're on a certain tra- trajectory that they already have. Fennec Shan. They have all these other characters that are coming in. I don't think they're gonna do it. Yeah, John, are you sort of on that same page, really quick? Because that—that's my thing. I think it would be really cool, and I want them to do that. But I—I—I'm not putting money on Beckett showing up in Bad Batch. No, I'm not putting money on it by any stretch. Um... But do you think they will? Because I'm, no, I'm more I, I with Lacey. That gentlemen, I, I don't think they the will, question but I want was, it. will they? Yeah. Yeah. But it, they didn't specify which characters. So she said characters from Solo, and I think we could see characters from Solo. Okay. That doesn't mean it has to be Beckett. It doesn't mean, like I said, Dryden Voss popped in in the Clone Wars. I could see Dryden mm. Voss popping in in yeah. Bad Batch. Why not? Okay. All right, cool. Um, so you think by the way, someone? People, it could be Rio Duran. It could be anybody. People wanted more Val in uh, Solo. Just fun fact, Val had five minutes and 15 seconds of screen time in Solo. Darth Vader had nine minutes in A New Hope. Just put it in perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right, we got another one here. Uh, Since we all believe he's going to show up in Obi-Wan Kenobi, will Liam Neeson appear in more than one episode? So (sighs) since John technically went first, I'm bouncing back at you, Lacey. What do you think? I think he will. I think there's going to be a big reveal and I think he's going to come back again at like an emotional moment that he that Obi-Wan needs support. Like the voices at the end of The Rise of Skywalker or something. All right. So based on John's reaction, I'm going to say you agree with that. Nah, he doesn't. 
I do. I think. Oh my gosh! Um, what? I think. I think he'll appear quite early on to to cast aside the when is he going to show up talk mm. and allow the show to have its focus, mm. and then he'll show up at the very end, a la Luke and Leia in Rise of Skywalker. The you're ready to teach the boy thing, and just do his little like you know spirit show up. Hey thing. there. Whereas <laughs> it, it, his earlier appearance, it'll be more of the his big scenes. And then they'll have a quick cameo, like kind of the nod or something as Obi-Wan's looking at the twin suns because you know they, they're they going to have to end it with the twin sunset. Um, and it'll be like that sort of thing. So he will appear in two, but I think it'll be heavy early on and very quick at the very end. Do you think <laughs> okay. they're going to end the show yeah. with... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you know it. And it's going to be Obi-Wan looking at that twin sunset. Or, <laughs> or, or imagine they end it with... If they end it with young Luke, I'll be pissed. Because then that'll take away from Luke's big moment in a new home. I love that we're, you know, you know you're a Star Wars fan when you just go like this and then sing the song and everybody knows what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I Tell me I you're a Star he... Wars fan without telling me you're a Star Wars fan. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he will. I think um, I think kind of what you're, you speculated... Um, as what they you know might do i think it's just like you're we're, we're going to say when when's he showing up just like Yitosoka or something like when when's that happening we know it's happening and then they just devote an episode or like a section of an episode to be like he goes to the place he meets his master it's an eye-opening yeah it's an eye-opening experience and without needing to show him and kind of like put him in your face something's going to happen that rings true and we're going to be like, oh, Obi-Wan wasn't going down that path. He met with his master again and his master set him straight. And now that he's doing the right thing, we know we it, it will call back and maybe they'll play his theme or something like that. And we'll, in that moment, recognize that it, it's Qui-Gon is here with us even though we're not seeing him. I, I just think he'll have a presence um, in after he has made his... <laughs> presence his appearance um but i think i think he only shows up in one episode is specifically one section i i don't think he'll have a presence once he's made his presence known once he's made his uh presence. in the present time of yeah the episode. once uh and it'll be on christmas so that he can give out his <laughs> presence <laughs> all right so that's everybody on that one uh we got another uh resistance officer question this one's coming from mike darth hurricane waldron uh, General, Mike wanted right? to know, um, will Boba Fett be a bad guy, uh, air quotes, or someone seeking redemption and righting his wrongs in the book of Boba Fett? So, John, um, let's start with you on this one. What do you think about uh, Boba Fett and if he'll be a bad guy or uh, anti-hero? I'm more wondering... If Boba Fett likes unlimited supplies of broccoli or not, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's for you, Darth Hurricane. Um, big broccoli guy. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, plain, I, plain I, broccoli. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. Just plain, plain broccoli. broccoli. Icing on the cake. Plain bro- broccoli. Um, I hope bad guy. I, you know, here's the thing, Mike. I, you know. Star Wars seems really heavy onto this idea of everyone could be redeemed sort of thing. Um, but I think it's okay for someone to just be like, you know what? I want to be a criminal and that's what I'm 
that's my choice and you can still flush out a great story with someone they don't have to find a redemption or or see the light or anything like that sometimes you need people to have the edge for the whole for the long haul and that i think that helps really good storytelling um so i like boba fett when he's doing bad things um i i, I liked his run in the mandalorian but he almost felt like the like past his prime dad sort of guy uh except that one scene in the hills but he he seemed jokey and it was fun but i want to see boba fett like be a you know what and uh do some serious bad things i i think that'd be more interesting um Hmm. and by the look of how he took that throne he doesn't look like that much of a good guy to me so um i don't know i I, i'm leaning towards killing the bad guy before I, i hope he will be a bad guy yeah lacy bad guy I think he's totally going to be a bad guy. He's not going to be a, a soft, like, let's do the right thing guy. I think he did that with the Mandalorian because a child was involved and he felt for Grogu because he saw himself a little bit in Grogu as like someone mm. with trying to find their way and, you know, trying to write the feeling of, oh, he recognized that his dad couldn't protect him and he watched his dad die. So I get that that whole thing happened. And they needed uh boba fett because he had the ship <laughs> he has razor crest is gone r.i.p you can't have a series where robert rodriguez is involved after he directed one of the most badass episodes of star wars we've ever seen with like one of the most crazy intense fight scenes where he did not hold back at all and then be right. like yeah i'll take part in this series if he's not going to be that because robert rodriguez said that he wanted boba fett to be like super badass and he wanted yeah. him to be redeemed in like the most awesome way and like he shot it with his kids and he like you know backhanding stormtroopers and stuff like he's not going to be a good guy he's going to be a bad guy and to me book of boba fett reads like a revenge story of writing wrongs that were done against him or getting what he deserves kind of like a punisher type story Mm -hmm. um so that's how i'm seeing it that's an interesting line to toe because he was technically beating up the bad guys doing his badass thing in mandalorian so he was kind of being on the good guy side of things but i hope he does exactly what you just said but does it against people we like he also just got his armor back though so he was fighting those stormtroopers with his own armor being like yeah Yeah. i'm back yeah 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 everybody also um, beats up on stormtroopers no matter what (laughs) so yeah, yeah, I think that when you when you think about Boba Fett and the the like the term bounty hunter, especially in Star Wars, like it is somebody where they're like, oh well, they're they ride the line, you know. It's about the mission and just getting the mission done and stuff like that. But like, really, how many bounty hunters have there been that's been like good moral bounty hunters? You the know? Mandalorian is the one. That's the story we've gotten. With the Mandalorian, well, he became, no, he yeah, became, he, yeah, yeah. He became but that I'm way saying that's yeah. why they won't retell that story. It's been told. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Him. Yeah, but yeah. I guess I guess my thought is just like that when like, it almost feels like he isn't a bounty hunter anymore in a way, you know, <laughs> like he kind of just like stopped that and now he's just doing the Grogu thing. Um, but to me, like when I think of all the bounty hunters, like Bosk and um aura Singh and and um you know all, all of them ig88 and stuff they all seem like they're on the bad side you know they're all like if you were to line up the heroes and villains like you're gonna see these characters on that side and i think you lose some of that character's allure if you 
play them on the good side of bounty right. hunting and they only do the right and moral bounty like rescuing children from uh villagers or you know or not villagers but like you know slave traders or something like you know what i mean they're right. only doing it for pirates. the right reasons yeah. yeah pirates yeah and so i just i think there's something um that they can really play into where you know you have a bounty hunter going in and he's like killing rebels you know or whatever and you're like Oh man, th- this is like an interesting twist on what we've gotten classically from Star Wars. I think Book of Boba Fett really has a good opportunity to showcase yeah. that, and I think they would squander if they tried to make Boba Fett a hero when part of his lore for years, for decades, has been that he's like borderline like bad guy. You know? Well, Beckett's right. so cool because he's a bad guy. Like he just does whatever he wants. He's selfish. Right. That's so. Real quick, I want an isolated video clip or gif of when Han asked Beckett why because he's just so hurt and it's like the perfect reaction to like when someone like burns you you're like why you know <laughs> but James if if you'll allow me um, we have a, a guest who wants to answer this will of the force question uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him in now uh, Harrison Ford is here on the show Harrison will Boba Fett be a bad guy in the book of Boba Fett. Um, I don't care. <laughs> All right, so so there you go. He does not care. Uh, we he does he did a two for one deal, so the price was only for one appearance, and he showed up twice. So we want to thank mm-hmm. Harrison Ford for that. We didn't kill him or hurt him with a hydraulic door, and away he goes. So thank you, Mister Ford, for showing up on TRB. We appreciate it, James. Thanks for the time. Yeah, <laughs> we've got one more question, guys. Um, How many times are you gonna do last that? One is, <laughs> can we, yeah, can we... <laughs> like six weeks in. Like, it turns out there was a buy one get one free deal, and uh, we, we I'll know. I'll know when to pepper it in. They, right, they um, like it. They like all right, so we have uh, leave a comment if you like it, John. We've seen an ignited lightsaber in every live-action Star Wars project to date. Will we see one in Andor? And just for fun, if you have an idea of who you think that might be that does it, feel free to make a guess. Lacey, this one's starting with you. Uh, Ignited lightsaber in Andor? Uh... Take all the time you need. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just blanking right now. Um... I think we will at some point. I don't have any idea who it would be. Can we can we say season one? I think we okay. will. I think at some point we're going to see a lightsaber. All right. Um, then, John, what do you think? I think we're breaking the mold finally. I think we will not see an ignited lightsaber How dare in season you? one of The Mandalorian. Or Mandalorian. Andor. Jesus. Oh my, my an- god. My Andor Lorian. <laughs> right. But that but you said season one. So we're no, leaving yeah. it to season one. Okay. Because I think ultimately we're like, we don't know how long this show's gonna last and it could be K two SO rolls up with a lightsaber in season two. <laughs> General yeah, I- Andor. <laughs> yeah, I'm with I'm with He's uh, a fresh one. I'm with John on this that I, I think they are gonna break tradition. I, I think that I would we were kind of surprised. Um or I guess we should say we weren't surprised. We didn't expect there to be lightsabers in Rogue One. And they kind of managed solo. to pull it off. Yeah, b- both of them. But uh, specifically in Rogue One, because it it, it was very um, political and war-driven 
more so than the, like the story and the the Jedi and all that other stuff. So we we're kind of surprised when they ended up doing it. But I think if if they're going to do a series about Andor and really even lean into it further, I think the espionage and everything else that you know trying to make this like Captain America Winter Soldier and just kind of like change the tone up just a hair. You know what I mean? Just to to for it to still very clearly be Star Wars, but like maybe omit certain things. Those are the kind of things I think you can admit. You can admit the lightsabers um, for. I think they're going to show Vader at some point. I that's a, and that's a fair bet. So you you definitely if one shows up, I I think I'm with you that it's probably it's going to be Vader's. Yeah, I think oh, it's just an easy thing to throw in there that fans will lose their minds. Andor never yeah. at any point it uh seems like he doesn't or does know who Vader is. So it's very well possible that he just does. He's heard of the guy. He knows he's around, but he never like a hologram, anything where he's, you know, they get a video of what he's capable of. And it could be a a sequence where Cassian is not there, just like in Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think Vader's going to show up at some point. It's an easy, easy thing for them to do. Where they never say no to Vader. Fans will lose their minds, just like we did in the theater with Rogue One. Like, no matter what it is, if he's wrecking house, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, Mm. All right. Well, that is it for Will the Force. Thanks to all the officers who submitted questions, uh, but specifically, I guess, Carol and Mike. Um, Congrats on uh, getting picked and uh, giving us good questions. So we're moving on to the next section. John, this is our State of the Star Wars, right? Discussion. Yes. Let's go. Carol. That's so funny. Carol and Mike. That's the Brady's, right? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> when you said that i was like what um, uh next week so, our yeah. special guest will be alice <laughs> all right and uh sam the butcher um okay obi one once thought as you do yeah every once in a while uh like i said at the top every three months or so we do a seasonal state of star wars where we give our takes on where the uh franchise stands uh quite literally so um so this is now our summer edition so i'll I'll kick things off just by saying um i i feel like something big can be coming uh announcement wise um just because it's been so dry not even just from a news perspective but just um any buzz about star wars like the bad batch came out and i feel like that has tempered a bit it definitely has it's chugging along Mm -hmm. but it it's not carrying the way something like the mandalorian has uh in terms of like must watch immediately like you know and and for diehard animated fans yes but the every star wars fan is not like i gotta watch this as soon as possible um from from my perspective of how i see fans interact i agree i think mandalorian is one of those shows that people see and as the season was going on they were like oh man i gotta watch that i gotta get into and that I, and i feel yeah. like the, I don't know. I'm not saying that something big's going to happen in terms of like they're going to announce the next movie or something like that soon. Because I do feel like a part of me feels like they are stacking the deck and and playing the waiting game and saying like, yeah, we'll be we'll take the the PR hits and let Marvel keep killing it and we'll sleep on what we have and then we'll make next May or next year, 2022, like our time or something like that. Because I do feel like, you know, fans, I know we've talked to some fans are like, yeah, I'm souring on Star Wars a little bit, a little stale on Star Wars. I am not feeling it right now. And that makes sense because, you know, we're after the Skywalker saga. Mandalorian came. It's it, it's now, you know, six months ago since the Luke reveal. 
We had the Bad Batch, but that's pretty much it. And I get that. But I feel like next year is going to be so big for Star Wars and it's going to kick off the next decade mm-hmm. of amazing content. Mm-hmm. So like us doing the podcast, obviously we're all in always. But I feel like fans uh, who are dialed in kind of have that, you, you feel that that itch and that like that itch in the air, you know, celebration's back and we're going to go full bore celebration. And they got all these shows they're filming right now, but we don't know much about them. I feel like 2020, 2022 is going to be an absolutely monster year for Star Wars. And uh, I hope it doesn't come in a blast and then dies down again. I hope we get like eight years of just getting punched in the face with like awesome Star Wars content. That's my hope. <laughs> I don't like the ebbs and flows because we see Marvel do it. And I know Star Wars is a way I consider Star Wars a way different type of storytelling and you you don't branch it out as much as maybe Marvel does or you know reboot things and multiverses but Star Wars I think has found a way where it first was a movie a year maybe two movies a year that was like their plan now with the Disney Plus thing I feel like they can really like okay we can we can do a lot here and put out monster movies like once every 3 years like a Rogue Squadron blah 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 so I'm hoping it kicks off next year and just steamrolls through like 2030 and then we get like the Ray and Finn return movie or something mm-hmm. like that. And I hope they're already starting to brew those uh, seeds a little bit about getting them back. So who knows? Go ahead, James. Um, no, I, I I think you're right that for oddly enough, it feels like we're in this in a very slow period. Um, I was going to say about the Bad Batch though, I I I have been surprised at the people who are watching bad batch um i thought more people would watch clone wars you know um and it seems like people are coming out of the woodwork people that i didn't even know were star wars fans and i know that seems crazy you'd think they'd they would pop up around like mandalorian time or something like that but it's weird they're always like uh hey uh uh you watching Bad Batch and I'm like yeah I'm watching Bad you're watching Bad Batch like oh what like what is happening <laughs> oh that's cool man yeah. yeah um but I I mean I think you, I think you're right in general though I mean like it's 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 never gonna be because it's a not a live action series um but we we are getting ready to head into the potential of um Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian season three Obi Wan and Andor like all like back to back to back to back, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's, I think that's huge for star Wars. And then if that continues through, which hopefully it does, I mean, Andor season two Mandalorian season four, um, and then everything else like Ahsoka and acolyte and all this other stuff. If that keeps going and that rhythm, then those movies are going to start showing up sooner than you think. Yes, because it's right. only going to be like point. a three month period until we're at the next right. live action Star Wars thing. And we're right. like, oh, man, this is awesome. And then uh, like, whoa, that Patty Jenkins thing comes out like next year. You know, I think yeah. like it's going to those things are going to come up quick. And technically, it's funny, too, because I was talking to someone about how television is kind of like taking over and it's like the next foreseeable future. And um, I, I might get an eye roll here or whatever, but I was like, the only the only things they have for movies announced is I was like, there's the Patty Jenkins thing. And I was like, oh, well, there's the Taika thing too. Oh, well, there's the Kevin Feige thing. And I guess they mentioned like a ton of stuff with Brian Johnson. I was like, okay, maybe the live action movie thing isn't as 
dead as like I was kind of picturing. It does seem like they do have a lot that they've announced as far as like movies. They're just we just don't know a lot about them yet. They're not like right around the corner. I think the the only thing I'll say about the movies that it seems at least speculation wise like educated guessing is you know rogue squadron seems like it's going to be uh an isolated one-shot film mm-hmm. and taika if i had to guess he's doing just like a, uh, my movie he's not starting some sort of like series of films or anything mm-hmm. so i wonder if their new focus now um Lacey, i want your thoughts on this like to do like it, it, before they bring back ray which we all think they are just do like that's one movie in itself that's one movie in itself that's one movie in itself sort of thing not this it's a star wars story thing but just like boom boom do you think uh, this goes for you too Lacey? do you because to get you into this do you think that um taika's movie is what they were going to do with benioff and wise like they're like we had they we were developing this with them it it didn't work out but we still we want to do this the logo to me seems like something that taika's coming up on his own like he pitched an idea to them and were like was like how about this like i love yep. the holiday special what if we did something crazy like that and they were like okay <laughs> like that's yeah. what the logo says to me and again that's all we have at this point I, the well, patty jenkins that, thing yeah there is was like, that, like geometric thing and i think people were pointing to like the book that had that it looked like school which ho- was like, house rock that's what it looks like well to me. that yes. thing yeah. yeah i know what you're talking about there I guess I was just I I was thinking more of that like weird crazy geometric yeah, thing. Yeah, the thing they had behind Kathleen cube, Kennedy when she was talking about floating it. cube thing or something. Yeah, yeah and that yeah, was yeah. like connected to an origin of the Jedi story or something along those lines. And I was like, oh, it that reminds very, me of the Benioff and Wise stuff. Yeah, I guess it just looked very Ragnarok to me. Like it looked very like quirky and colorful yeah. and out there and like something you can't even imagine. He's gonna take it to a level that you you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. and then you have. Uh, Patty Jenkins, who's done Wonder Woman, her movie is very much her. Like, if you look at her description of what she's going to do and the idea of it, to me, is like, okay, it sounds like to me she's doing Wonder Woman for pilots, (laughs) for Star Wars. Like, that's what it sounds like. Um, As for the state of Star Wars, I think you're both totally right in that the focus right now is on TV. And Disney said that last year when they did the investor day that they're putting all their time and effort into streaming right now because not only are they making product but they're getting a consistent you know payment from you guys every month that that you have disney plus um it's just tough and you know we kind of in the state of star wars things we always get into this conversation of like marvel versus star wars and and what we would like to see and what could happen um, and I think it's unavoidable, not just because they're both kind of pop culture things, but because they fall under the same umbrella of Disney. You would think that then Disney would replicate the same process that they've had such success with with Marvel, but they're not. And it's kind of crazy. But I think that the focus definitely is on TV and the movies are going to come eventually. But right now, Disney's looking at Marvel and going, you know what? Marvel's got their formula. It works. They're making so much money. We're going to go with the movies that work. And we know that the TV stuff has worked really well with Star Wars. So let's keep doing that. And now Mm -hmm. they're getting Marvel into the TV side. And Marvel's been killing it at that. Like, I can't wait to watch Loki, (laughs) which came out yesterday. I'm sure I've already seen it at this point. But I'm pumped to see where that series goes. It looks crazy. Like something they've never done before. And... It can't help 
I can't help as a Marvel and Star Wars fan to look at that and go, okay, so what's Star Wars going to do next? Because if Marvel's now caught up to the whole TV and like doing the cinematic TV story, yeah. what's the next step? Well, what what I find the most interesting is you have WandaVision, which was a one-off. Yep. Um. There's a bunch of these that are going to be one and one and Fal- done. Falcon I don't and know if Soldier Two is one off. Yeah. That that is right. They're not doing another no, one. No. They're that, doing right? a Captain America four. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, so, that, so then you have. Movie, yeah. Yeah. So then you have you know um the rundown of the Star Wars series, which are all were, were all presented as most of them were presented as limited or special event series. Obi Wan, Lando, Ahsoka, Acolyte. Uh, Book of Boba Fett, I believe there may. Be, uh, I'm not positive on that because the the crew stuff said season one, but that could also just be. A thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, Rangers is on the shelf right now. Ahsoka is uh, going to be probably it, one series. Yeah, I think Andor is the only one that we know of that is going to be multiple seasons. Um, so that begs the question: well, What other series? Right. And, well, of course, Mandalorian. What? So what? What? What are they cooking up right now? You know. So there's because the, the, those series are going to be filmed and out, and then people are going to be like, well, you know, what's what's next? And that means whatever is next, they are having discussions about, and they're bringing you know talent in now to to line up to, or to has do that. Been. So so the next big you know investors meeting, whether that's this December or they wait till celebration to say like. Here's that big black screen behind Kathleen Kennedy. Show, 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 show. Like, because we have the slate that's probably going to all run through 2022 and 2023. And then before you know it, 2023 is here. All those shows are already out. The one and dones are done. And then you have Rogue Squadron comes out. So you got your movie fix. And then they're going to be like, we need 2024. We need 2025. And um, th- that's the next things I'm really excited to hear about. And I know that sounds crazy because it's only 2021 now, but that's like being, you know, in 1999 and seeing The Phantom Menace and being like, I'm excited for Attack of the Clones, which is coming out in three years. So I, I'm I'm very excited for what they're cooking up now, but I'm curious to see now that they know that this works, like Mandalorian crushed it and people are really excited about Andor. Maybe they up it a little bit and do more like Marvel's doing, and we get just a flurry of more Star Wars series in 2024 and tw- like for releasing in like 2024 and 2025, leading up to that next movie, like the Taika movie. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be really interesting to find out when we find out about that next slate. And who knows, is Kathleen Kennedy going to want to be around for that? She'll be in her 70s at that point. Um, I mean, the way she produces stuff, I hope so. Um, but it's going to be, I think the next. Three, four years in Star Wars is going to be very, very interesting for me behind the, the executive aspect because now you have Dave Filoni uh, having that role as a creative executive. Um, what's his involvement going to do to shape that side of things? Because I think he's, I personally think he's done with animation in terms of like big stuff and we'll get into that right, later. Right, right. Um, and then what's going on with their reaction to not only their success, but also like Marvel's success and over the overall success of Disney+. Plus. I think the Disney Investor Day could come in the fall, actually, instead of the winter. I think the winter one came up last year because they were trying to push those earnings up before the end of the year because they had lost a lot of money in 2020. But but do you think they'll be ready to announce stuff then confident enough or would they want to wait for celebration for that? I don't think it's whether they're ready or not. I think it's whether 
mom and dad at Disney go, hey, we need some stuff to announce. You don't think there's trepidation, though? Like, we've seen you announce stuff that hasn't worked and it just there happened recently. There might be, but I think that they might push them to announce something. Um, yeah. But the reason I was looking down, by the way, was because I was looking up when the one before that was, the Disney Investor Day, which was April 2019. So the Disney Investor Day in 2019 was April 11th. And then the second one... Which the, was during Celebration. Right, which then this one this past year was in December. Christmas I'm saying Day. for 2021, I could see them doing that in the fall to kind of pick up those the second half of the year or the last quarter, last two quarters. I'm just saying, James, like, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I, I think we aren't even close to the level of excitement we're going to be as Star Wars fans for well, like we haven't even heard of the best stuff we're gonna get yet next may is and gonna I be think, nuts yeah 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 i'm uh, so what i was thinking about while you guys were explaining that is you know they say they don't you don't really want to be reactionary when you're like a studio or something like that and i was kind of thinking like is lucasfilm reactionary in the sense of like john you mentioned earlier like how hey, we're doing one movie a year and, you know, hopefully we can ramp that up. And then they had a bad movie, you know, and it like shook <laughs> yeah. everything up and they're like fell apart and they're like, oh no, what are we going to do? We don't know what, how to manage anything. They're like solo December. What? You're crazy. And then like it, everything's nuts. And then meanwhile, they have like this subdivision that seemingly doesn't like isn't reporting anything crazy or anything. It's the people working on the Mandalorian. When the Mandalorian hits and it does well, it's like, I feel like, Lucasfilm like turned around they look forward yeah. and they're like let's just do that and then they yeah. announce all these crazy shows and it's like okay so I guess you had a hit and now all these shows are announced and then I can I can almost see like oh but Rangers of the New Republic didn't end up happening um, you know a lot of these were one season and they went by like that so it really wasn't even as crazy of a thing as we maybe built them up to be because we hyped them um, and then like and then I don't know I just uh, Ahsoka ended up being not good or something you know what I mean or something like that and they hit another roadblock and then they're like what do we do you know we're not like, doing TV anymore yeah we're done with TV guys that was that was fun and then like we they, were always a movie franchise anyway. I know like so I, I I don't know it almost at this point like the last time we did this we were stoked because we're like hey we were worried now it feels like they have a good grasp on everything but I'm thinking about it and I've been thinking about it recently, like how reactionary is Lucasfilm? And as soon as one of these shows doesn't do Mandalorian numbers, are they going to be like, oh, do we really want to be doing all these shows? Uh, <laughs> We're spending a lot well, of money on Andor and then people didn't even you, really like right. it, you know, or whatever. Hear me out. Cause I, I know people are like, yeah, Dave Filoni's doing the natural progression and eventually he's going to be directing movies or whatever. So he has a, he has a, a creative, executive director role i may switch those terms around but no i think uh, it's a executive creative director. creative director okay yeah he obviously is heavily involved in what's going on with the the, the new series and, and you know pairing with favreau and stuff i i feel like even though he's in that role it's it's very series focused and he's always been a serialized storyteller and that sort of thing so I don't know what that means, if it means anything in terms of him getting that role, if that means that 
the stress is going to be on the series stuff, mm-hmm. or they're going to groom him to help develop movies. Because yeah, he did the Clone Wars movie. Granted, that's like three episodes of the Clone Wars just in a... And in a, how much control did he have at that point, really? I agree. He directed it, but yeah, I under, I agree with you completely. Yeah. So, I, I don't know if I'm overthinking that. I don't know what you guys think about that. Like, Filoni having that role, like, do you think they're moving him up or do you think they're like, this is what you're great at and we need someone in that role because we're doing almost 90% of our stuff's going to be that. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> I don't think that. Or is it just the George role... Lucas thing? Like he's the understudy, and this is the right thing for fans, and you know. Yeah, I mean, it's a title, and the title sounds really crazy. Executive creative director. You know, that's, I mean, I wish I had nuts. that role. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I always kind of get this vibe that, like, almost in the sense, like Kathleen Kennedy is like kind of in control of things. It's like not really. She's kind of letting people do do their thing, right? I almost feel like Dave Filoni's role is going to be very similar to that, where it's like he's in every meeting and he says and he says things. And when he says them, people listen and they take to heart really carefully what he's saying. And he has the ability to go into a room and say, "Um, I'm not feeling this. And I think you need to refocus and get it going this direction. And then when that inevitably is a hit, all those people involved are going to be like, Dave Filoni, he's the man. He steered us right, and then he's going to get a, like a ton of credit, and rightfully should because he he corrected the ship in the same way that like an executive producer or, or president, you know, would as well. Like it, uh, those are Kathleen Kennedy's movies, and we you know we sometimes look over that because it's we say it's JJ, but remember Kathleen is paying for them. You know, she hired JJ to be in control and she's in those meetings. And when JJ says, or or we should, I'll go back to Benioff and Wise or or, um, not Benioff and Wise, I'm sorry, um, Lord Miller. When they say they want to do it this way and she goes, that's not the direction, you know, you need to steer it this way. That is kind of how I think Dave Filoni is going to be. I think he's going to be involved to, to that degree. He now has the clout to come in and kind of change the direction mm-hmm. on a lot of things uh, involving Lucasfilm. And I recently heard this too. Remember, that's not a Star Wars position that he got. That is a Lucasfilm position. Right. Yeah, so he yeah. has now the autonomy to say... I think this indie thing is going in the wrong direction. I think this Willow thing needs to go, needs to be like this. That's a Lucasfilm position, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, that is a great point. Mm-hmm. Lacey, what? Now, I know you're not a big animation fan, but you seem to grow to really like Filoni through hearing him and how he approached things with the Mandalorian and stuff. So, in terms of like James's point, do you feel comforted in? that idea of Filoni kind of being like knowing which buttons to push and that side of things as an executive? I don't know if it's comfort. I I think that's a, I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. I Mm -hmm. I think that that role and him being in that role, if James is explaining it like his role is, yeah, if his role is like, oh yeah, this is the right way, this isn't the right way, I think it adds some credit and and leverage to fans that hey he's making the right choice because i feel like over the past few years every time something's happened like with lord and miller or anybody else and kathleen's had to make the decision that it's not a good fit people Mm -hmm. immediately go well she doesn't know what she's talking about Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that she doesn't at all i 
defend every decision she's ever made that is the right decision. She knows what she's doing. But I feel like with Dave, where he comes from that, uh, we talk about this a lot, he comes from like the George background that when he said something doesn't work, I feel like people are more likely to believe him. Yeah. He's got, and, the, he's got cred. Yeah. And, and and this relates to like, let, let's use another creative point. executive director, Doug Chang or something like that. Does you trust everything he says. If yeah, Doug's like, did, the droid looks like this, you go, of course the droid looks like co- this. That's what Correct, Doug- yeah. yeah. And, and it's going to be like, you know, you're going to see that interview where it's like, well, we had some things come in and it wasn't feeling right. So I thought to myself, what if we invert it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, and it's so like, that's this big, yeah. crazy, inspirational moment that created what the TIE fighter looks like or who knows. But the it, thing is, is like, nobody thinks Doug's running Lucasfilm. And mm-hmm. nobody think that Doug at the end of the no, day no, no. is like, exactly. This is my point though with Filoni as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is like, I, I don't think anybody's going to expect that that yes. is a role where he's the one controlling the no. story or anything like that. Yeah. Well, he's also not firing directors and that sort of thing. Like <laughs> that you, would you be have, interesting to hear. You have, oh you know, Michelle Redwan is still in star in charge of live action development. Yeah. So, and um, so I really think Filoni's thing is more of story based. And I, I've i said this a while ago, and I'm not saying that's going to be the case or anything, but you get this feeling that the story group thing as it was created is going is evolving. And it may be more of a top heavy pyramid than a circular group of this story group who like... You know, Matt Martin, you're doing theme park and comic book stuff. And you're doing this, this, this. I think it is going to be a cohesive thing still and still going to exist. I'm not saying they're getting rid of the story group. I think they they do a tremendous job. I mean, what they're able to connect is just mm-hmm. outrageous and how they plan it out like years in advance and all that stuff. But I just think I, I just think, think story group was pitched to us the wrong way. Like yeah, calling yeah, it story yeah. group and not like um actually group. Yeah, right. That, like kind of steers the the problems and the connectivity issues. Story group, you hear it and you're like, oh, so like the sequel trilogy is they they wrote that out. <laughs> it's yeah. like no, it's not at all. That. But I, I see like Dave Filoni being the um ba- like the final word on on those types of things. And like you you saw shades of it in the Mandalorian, like the gallery. I remember Lacey, we were laughing at Favreau suggesting something tongue-in-cheek and Filoni laughing saying like we can't do that man yeah, like, no no way oh. I forget what it was but he well just no goes, it, it was it was it the lights out uh a McClunky thing oh yeah you wanted Remember? to add McClunky to it yeah he's like uh, so, uh, what if he says McClunky and he's like what if that means like lights out but it's like literally <laughs> but then you have the other things you know the the scene i think about all the time is when john favreau and dave are sitting there talking about stormtrooper helmets he's like oh yeah obviously this is a callback to this and favreau's like what no huh oh feloni said you mean right no yeah. feloni said that it was a callback to whatever and favreau oh, was and like favreau didn't pick you, up on yeah, it he was yeah. like what are you talking oh, about geez. so like, like that's, that's the kind of thing cut. that yeah that's what he's saying is like uh, and yeah. he, as in James, is saying, is like Filoni's coming in and being yeah. that person to not necessarily tell them what to do, but to be like, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, it, it's going to be... I'm, I'm, I want to hear more... Or how can like, you make it work? That's the other thing. I think James put it really well last week, which was that Filoni's the person that makes people care about 
what yeah, this is. He's yeah. he he can steer the heart of Star Wars in the right direction. Like we're yes. not we're not focusing we on the right things. Don't lose the message of hope, the and, message and, and yeah. families and stuff like that, which is what George always and wanted. Coming of age, yeah, right, and that's what right. George always wanted. And I think we all agree, not just the three of us, but the all Star Wars fans that watch the gallery series. Filoni shined in every episode of that series because he went down to those deeper meanings, into the messaging, into what George wanted. So like there is, yeah, there is this kind of like security blanket feeling when dave filoni is mentioned i guess that's mm-hmm. kind of what you were saying john with like a comfort of that's he yeah, yeah. knows star wars in and out it's reassurance that we, right. we're okay we're in good hands and i think that that's what that title is is hey yeah. we need one person that can be that last stop like james said to be like no and yes on something you know no right. ahsoka can't be bright pink and run in and stab yeah. you know yoda like that can't happen have, <laughs> like, like uh, you have the guys in skywalker sound and ilm mm-hmm. and uh the artists and stuff who a lot of them have been there for decades mm-hmm. so those are still very much rooted in you know george lucas put those people in those spots right. and that's john noel and doug chang yeah Yes. Uh, yeah. Hal Hickel was around the prequels and uh, Rob Bordeaux and, you know, all these people who've been there for a very long time now are very much entrenched in the George Lucas uh, appointment of, of of how he wanted things to be. And but the creative side is not so much. So but so having Filoni vaulted into that levels that ground in in the cred and the, you know, because. As much as people want to say, like, well, you know, George Lucas sold it and Star Wars needs to move on. Star Wars needs to change and stuff. No, it doesn't. It, they're going to you tell new stories, but it's always going to be rooted in that hope uh, that, that, yeah, that that fantasy element of coming of age and making the right choice between good and evil. Very simplistic story that you can complicate with a lot of themes and stuff like that. But George Lucas always kept it a very simple thing where it's a it's, it's a story for kids to teach them. To make the right decisions, and when you're coming coming of age, and you're you're faced with very difficult choices and a very difficult time in your life, to learn the right path to take, and that's what Star Wars really is. And like you said, Lacey, when Floney says those simple little things like that, we're all just like, "All right, yeah." <laughs> like Antonio Banderas, like yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's interesting, but I hope they do reveal more of what his role is. Like, uh, it, does it have to be a secret? Like, it'd be nice to like get an idea of like. So when we see a movie and it says like, you know, what his involvement was or something. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think that. they will because we've never gotten that from John Knoll. You know, it's imagine like if we did a re- they did a reality clear series. His job description. A reality yeah. series where they followed around Dave Filoni on a regular oh, basis. Yeah, I'd yeah, love that yeah. show. Oh, my God. Um, they were very transparent about Michelle Redwan, run, Michelle Redwan's role uh, with The Rise of Skywalker. Like she was very involved in that documentary and mm, stuff. Yeah. So. Um, I also wanted to bring up too, like I, I feel like um and maybe I'm wrong, like this could always maybe be better. I don't know, but I, I feel like the general connectivity of Star Wars, which is one of the things that really drew me to it in the first place. Like I remember flipping through a, a comic book and I I turned the page and there was Tarkin's ship that I had read about in a book. And I'm like, <laughs> there it is. I'm seeing it in person. Like I think this is the first visual appearance of this ship. That's really cool. Um, and that like won me over when I was, when I decided I was going to start doing the, the canon thing. And I feel like it's, st- it's still currently pretty healthy. Like 
um, you know, Fennec Shand showing up in the Bad Batch, and that's that's cool, you know. And um, there was another one I was just thinking of too. That um, oh, Kira obviously showing up in the comics and stuff, and it's like, you know, sometimes or Caleb Doom too. Yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they don't always have to be kind of what makes sense. It's just that like. You know, hey, at one point these two characters cross paths, and we're currently in that that time frame. Why don't we shine a little focus on one time when you know Doctor Afra captured Harrison Dula? And it's like, when you know, when how did that go down? And it's like, it's here if you want to read it. It it happened, and that's like, oh man, I liked Afra because it was its own thing. But then they're bringing in Hera, and that's cool. Like, I think that right now, current that was a while ago, but. I think like right now, currently, it still feels like the crossover and the interconnectivity is is still alive and doing well. Yeah. In 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 my opinion, and and it's gonna get better if we see that crossover even more so into live action as we as you start to see the Ahsokas and the um Thrawns, yeah. you know, show up in live action as well. All right. Well, we're up against time, so we should probably roll on to the final segment here. Um, but I'll just say, sometimes on these Data Star Wars things, I at the end of the conversation, I feel a little, I don't know, vanilla about things. But this, I felt, I feel good coming out of this one. So <laughs> oh, I don't know if I don't know that. At least from art, from my vantage point, it's it's hopeful um, and good. All right. Uh, let us go to our final segment of the day. It'll be a pretty quick one, but, uh, should be a nice segue after what we were just talking about. So Mm -hmm. Lacey, what's up? All right, guys, time for, is the force with you? The force will be with you always. So is the force with you is our segment where we pitch a hypothetical situation and decide whether we buy or sell the idea by saying whether the force is with us or not. I will read the scenario and we will each answer whether the force is with us or not and briefly explain why. So this one, like John said, feeds into what we were just kind of talking about. So the scenario is Dave Filoni will not develop or write another Star Wars animated series. As in, he is the main creative of the series. He can still occasionally write an episode of something. Is the force with you, John? Uh, Yes. I think, um, I don't know what the future of Star Wars animation is. We haven't heard yet, but I have a feeling Dave Filoni's not going to be involved anymore. I think this role cements that, his new role. I think he's moving on to bigger things. He wants the big house. He wants the big cars. And uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, he wants to, to progress his career. And I'm not saying that means animated is um, below him at all. I think he still loves it very, very much. He'll still probably oversee aspects of it as what his role is. But I think he is definitely moving towards the bigger fish element of uh, Star Wars. James? So the Force is with me. Yeah. Um, The Force is with me on that, too. Um, It's a bummer that Dave Filoni will probably never work on animated to the degree that he has before. But it's a um, it's just an end of an era kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's very clear that he's not leaving Star Wars and it's very clear that he has just been promoted to a way in into a more um, mainstream storytelling uh, medium. Um, So it kind of is that thing where, you know, you're like, um, uh, I'm never going to eat a hamburger from Wendy's again. 
because I'm going to get the double hamburger or something. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's fun because you realize that you, you really still are getting Dave Filoni stories, which is what you like. And it's not, it's not about the animation thing. It's, um, it's not, um, sad that he's just not telling that particular medium anymore because what people really like about it was that he told good stories and he will still yeah. continue to tell stories. So I, I think mm-hmm. he's moving past animation. I agree. I think the force is with me on this, that Filoni is done developing and writing Star Wars animated Sweet. series. I think he's just moved on and I, we, I was talking about it earlier, but I think this is one of the things that kind of solidified it with me at least, is that the way he acted, presented himself talked during the gallery series as not just someone that was involved but as a partner with John Favreau I think he's just taken this experience on as this is the next step this is what I want to be doing and I think Favreau helped him kind of see that I'm sure he had a little bit of a like hey let's see how this goes and he's just loved it you can see it from the way he's behind the camera and you know even when he was Trapper Wolf like he's just having a great time and I don't think he wants to go back to doing yeah. animated because he's now gotten a taste of something different. And I think that any type of creative person, once they try something new, they just want to keep evolving and they don't want to go back. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Great. All right. Now we're going to go with John. All right. Well, that is the close to the very end of the show here. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, though. Um, we want to thank, uh, I know, you know, we talked about it at the top, but we want to thank our, uh, Patreon, uh, Spice Runners, uh, mm-hmm. our new tier. And, uh, so we want to give, uh, shout outs to David Probus, Neil Shaw, Double C Chris, Kendall Gellner, and Ryan Wara. Uh, mm-hmm. thank you all so much for joining up on that tier. And of course, a thank you to our Patreon generals. As always, we have Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, Haz Aslam, Joe Ritchie, Darth Hurricane, Timothy Hill, John Trollton, and Val Trichkoff. Thank you all so much for all of your support. You keep the engine running, as do all of our patrons, so we really thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, we're so excited to be uh, starting our next phase here and uh, doing some awesome things over there on patreon so um make sure you go to uh, starwarsnewsnet.com for all of your star wars news reviews editorials information and more you could find me on twitter at johnny hoey and starwarsnewsnet.com and just like the movies on all audio podcast platforms lacy people can find me on twitter and instagram at lacy gillerin james uh and you guys can find me on twitter and instagram at james baney and the bad batch reaction show coming out tomorrow morning wait you changed your handle? What did I say? I said at James Bainey. <laughs> you did. Well, you guys read it. You saw it. It popped up. <laughs> I got, I got, I was like, whoa, it happened. All mm. right. Myra Trunks it is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, we will, it's late. You have my um, we hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll of course be back with you on Monday morning with another episode right here on TRB. Thanks so much. And we'll see you around kids.